You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Basketball has officially entered the second half of the season. This is the time for teams to prove if they are contenders or pretenders. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in on the action now to claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using promo code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's promo code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and good day, San Jose, and welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm producer T, and as always, I'm joined in studio by Dylan Kayser and Isha Jerome hitting the switches over there, and Nick over in Sacramento. Dylan, how are you doing, man? What uh, what happened to producer Pigeon? I know we got Isha Jerome here in the studio now. What happened well, to Pigeon? The Pigeon is struggling on the lack of food we've been giving it. Oh, okay. I mean, I think <laughs> I think it's a little. Uh, I think it might be dying. The lack of food and the abundance of uh, rye. Yeah, producer Pigeon hasn't been seen in a while. I don't. Hmm. Hmm. I don't think he's been seen in the new studio. If anything, we got to bring. Them yeah, we haven't. Up. We haven't actually seen him at all. Yeah, no. uh, there might have been actually. T, I think you did see him in the studio one day. The, the first day. The first day, exactly. <laughs> shit my pan a little bit. Not yeah. why, but he <laughs> wasn't looking too great. Yeah, but I'm good. Thanks for asking. That's good, Nick. Man, how are you doing? Doing good. You know, it's a it's a lovely little Tuesday night out here in Northern California. Sun's shining. Is that your new nickname, Beautiful. Nick Man? <laughs> Nick man, Nick man. I think there was a, hey, there was a comma in there somewhere. He just forgot to uh, pause for oh, a second. Sixth floor is the best nickname ever. hundred percent. Sixth floor underscore. Please tell me that uh, Dylan showed you my my softball jersey for my recreation. Oh no, I don't jersey. think I did. I th- I might have shown Isha. I might have shown you, but uh, yeah, no, I'll, I show I I'll show the boys. I'll show the boys. All right, T. What what else you got coming up on the show? I mean, we got a we got a good good show coming up. We've jam packed, another, as they yeah, say in the jam, business. Jam packed show. We 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 got a game to to decide. Why the fuck you lying? <laughs> you ever wonder where they coined that phrase "jam packed"? Like they're just packing jam in a fucking jar. That's a that's a tea time question right there. If I've ever that heard. is, and that that leads me to there is a tea time on this episode. Oh, there is yes, double tea time. I like it. Two tea times. TTs. Two tea time. TTs. Two tea time with producer T. TTs with producer T. That's weird. 
<laughs> a little bit, a little bit. All right, boy. It's like if Jim Taddy got tattoos, then you'd be Taddy. Yeah, Taddy's with TT. <laughs> All right, boys. Before we get Too many into fucking tees uh, right now. <laughs> before we get into uh, the game breakdown a little bit, we'll uh, throw our social media uh, out there. Uh, you can follow myself at producer underscore T E E. You can follow the pod at Stick Hungry Podcast, and you can follow the network at Hockey Pod Net. Dylan, where can they follow you? You can follow myself at D Y L underscore T H P N. I just have one question though. Jim Taddy got a taddy on his titty. Would it be a taddy titty or titty taddy? Holy shit, boys! That it was. was it would be incredible. a taddy titty taddy. <laughs> that was incredible. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> Nick, where can they find you? In the fucking slums of Sacramento. Uh, no, you can find me on Twitter at NickFloor underscore. All right, should we get into the game? Let's do it. Yeah. Producer T is on his phone mid mid show, just not run, driving the bus. So I'm going to have to drive the bus here. I can uh, kick it off if you guys all right, like. Kick, kick it off, Nick. So uh, the Sharks ended up getting a dub, which is uh, good and or bad. They snapped that eight game. They snapped the eight-game losing streak, which is happy for the fans Nick, that want to see a Nick, good don't let the reggae horn stop you. You just power through those reggae horns. Oh, no, I want everyone to hear pure reggae. Exactly. So, uh, sad for those who are on the tank train ready for to uh, draft, you know, Beneers or a, maybe a Lysel. But, um, yeah, Sharks come away with a win that we figured they would be playing more up to in this season. When we, I mean, we've touched on it earlier on multiple episodes where we've talked about, you know, if the team was losing or even winning like five to four, six to five, it would make sense because they're so offensively oriented. So I, I believe the final score was actually six to four, but there was an empty netter. Yeah, it was a six to four final score. And they started the game off with a fucking bang. Yeah, they came in with a banger. I mean, they look good in that first period. Uh, lucky goal uh, from Noah Gregor. Basically just throws it on net, banks off Darcy Kemper. But you know what? We need goals like that every once in a while in this team. So we'll take it. Uh, then Brett Burns with a shot from the point. I know they said that Kane tipped it in, Nick, but... I, they I, changed it. They did, changed did they it back change to it? Burns's. Okay, so Brent Burns got another goal. Nice to see. And that's four minutes into the game, I believe, that the Sharks were up to nothing. Correct. Yeah, I think I have the official scoring from looking at here on NHL.com. Noah Gregor's uh, just throw it on and see what happens. Goal happened 17 seconds in Whew. and uh, then three minutes in. So not even four, three minutes, seven seconds into the first. Brent Burns takes that clapper from the point after some delicious sauce from Hurdle from the sideboards, by the way. He had to pass it over uh, Barabanov's stick. Who, what, which broke previously on the play. So he had to pass it over that stick to Burns. And as soon as the puck hits the ice in front of Burnsy, he just claps her home, and Darcy Camper was shook. Yeah, he was, because, uh, you know, going into the second period, three minutes into that period, uh, Logan Couture scores a goal. Um, you know, the start starts a period is not going well for Darcy Kemper. Um, and, then, and then Eric Carlson also had a goal uh, that was four minutes into the second period. And at that point, the game is four nothing. It should be pretty much over at that point. But the Coyotes uh, did kind of scrape their way back into this one. Yeah, they actually pulled Darcy Kemper. He went uh, six saves on 10 shots. So he was doing his best Martin Jones impersonation there. And uh, they pull him. They put Aiden Hill in instead, who actually shut out the Sharks the last time they saw him. Uh, that was when they lost to the Coyotes 4 nothing. But, uh, I mean, he only surrendered one goal, and it was eventually the game winner. But, yeah, like you said, the Coyotes kind of clawed their way back. 
And the Sharks were doing their best to lose the game. But, you know, <laughs> lo and behold, Barabanov says, I'm trying to get a contract. Ends up coming in after goals from Bunting, Keller, Jacob Chikrin, who's had a phenomenal year. Unbelievable. Uh, this year. Uh, as the uh, Sporty with Corey and Richie show likes to call him the Chick Norris. Chick Norris. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't really rhyme or anything, but I guess it makes sense. Uh, but Barabanov uh, scores 11 minutes, 17 seconds into the third giving the Sharks a 5-3 to three lead. You figured, all right, cool, they're still going. They should be able to kind of wrap this up defensively, but we always forget the Sharks don't actually play defense, right? So, Chikrin scores again. They only get, you know, they got the one-goal lead, so Barabanov's goal essentially becomes a game winner after uh, Kane pots in the empty net goal. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we were up four nothing. The fact that this game was six four uh, is kind of unacceptable to me. But we got away. We came away with the win, so any you win can't complain point, too much. Any win at this point, is it was nice. six floor. It was hey. six floor. Oh, there you go. Uh, but at the, I mean, it, like Nick said at the start of this uh, segment, for Team Tank, it's not necessarily the best thing because we don't really want those points if you're on Team Tank. I don't know. Are we on Team Tank or are we not? I'm, I don't know if we've really made that decision yet. I'm on. I'm. I'm on Team Tank. You might as well be at this point. I guess you might as well be. It just doesn't feel like right. You know? Yeah. It just doesn't feel right. Well, I mean, T. I mean, you've you've lived in the Vancouver market, and that Va- the Vancouver Canucks have gone through plenty uh, Team Tanks in their last you know decade or so. I know, but how many of those seasons have you actually wanted them to tank, and it's been you know just that they just tanked. Well, I think, you know, if, if a team's in the same position that the Sharks are in, where you see, like, yeah. no immediate future, no immediate, like, turnaround for this team, I think you might as well get on Team Tank. I, I Honestly, I'm, I'm obviously on Team Tank. It's, like I said, it just feels wrong. You know, it just feels wrong. It, or is Team Tank, like, one of those things like Fight Club, where you can be a part of it, but you just don't bring yeah, it up? I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah? Okay. I think, don't talk I think we're it. all in a situation. It's not that we want the Sharks to lose. We just want them to get the first or second pick right yep. so like we want them to be competitive but if they lose they lose type of thing like last night if they had lost that game you're like at ah, fucking sharks you know they're losing team tank is like i don't want them to intentionally lose games although sometimes it really does seem like they do intentionally lose these fucking games i mean <laughs> goaltending has been atrocious but um I don't think we would necessarily want them to lose games just to lose because you want to have that winning culture around per se, but you're just hoping, in my opinion, for the best possible draft pick while also putting out your best possible product. So if you put your best guys out there and they lose, fuck it. You know, it is what it is. We're not getting upset after every single loss now. And I feel like that's the difference between being on Team Tank and being not on Team Tank. If you're not on Team Tank, you're upset that they're losing every night. If you're on Team Tank, you're like, fuck it. You know, they lost. It is what it is. They try, but they have to try. That's the thing, right? You want to come away from a game and say, you know, they put together a good effort. Some of the young guys had a good game. You know, maybe some of our older guys didn't perform too well, but that's kind of always the case uh, for a losing team. But you, you want to see positives out of you out of these some, losing games. You want some hope for the future, right? Yeah. You, know, you, you do want to see at least, like you said, that, like you both said, that effort, that, that grind on the ice, because that, that's what's going to make this rebuild not be, like you said, the Vancouver Canucks where it lasts 10 years. You really need that grit in the locker room, and that's where I kind kind of do get worried with this team is that they're lacking that. So yeah, yeah. Um, so someone who's actually a winner this week and a big winner, 
uh, Joe Thornton's realtor uh, because he's put up his house uh, for sale. What, what's the listing price of the house, Nick? It's listing at a measly $9.5 million. And I think I looked at the mortgage calculator, something like 42000 a month. So, hey, we all put it together. All you know, Nick, you can jump in there, too. You got producer Pigeon on. We can pitch in and maybe buy a month. I can only cover the half of a of that nine and a half million dollars. We'll all save up three years, and we can rent that place for one month. Did you guys see it though? Like it's beautiful. Yeah, oh, it it's is absolutely it is. gorgeous. And like he still has some of his memorabilia in the Zillow listing, so like it's interesting to see. And it is ironically like a seller's market, so he might actually get like significantly more for that house <laughs> had he sold it like a year and a half or two years ago. But. Um, do you yeah, think houses, uh, you know, not to get into a whole real estate conversation here, but do you think houses in that kind of bracket that are, you know, around the 10 million mark, do you think they're affected as much as the the lower end is right now? Because on the low end, we're seeing that people are getting way above asking price. I just don't know if that's still a factor for the $10 million houses. I don't know up to like 10. I do know of a story. I was just talking to my mortgage agent about it where uh, a guy had listed his house for 900,000 and he got an offer for 1.2 million. And it was or uh, it was either 1.2 or 1.7. But uh he just kind of laughed at it cuz he knew he was going to get that much. So I I bet it probably still does affect it in a sense. Like the the main reason why it would have or the main reason why the uh, houses in my area are being affected is because those Bay Area transplants are kind of coming up into the, the Northern California region. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it would necessarily be as big of an impact because I, I don't know how many people I can count with one hand that would be looking at a nine and a half million dollar house <laughs> in Los Gatos, California. But um, I know that there's plenty out there. So Well, you're looking at two right now. <laughs> That's true. No? Okay. <laughs> um, so, there you go, nice. folks. If you have an extra $9.5 million just laying around, that might not be enough. You might have to offer him 10 or $11 million. But uh, there you go. Jumbo Joe's house up for sale. <laughs> Live in a house of a legend. Um, all right, guys. Should we move on to the fan favorite? I, I think we should. What do you think? The tea time segment. The tea time uh, producer, do we have any tea time questions lined up? I guess I should have asked you this before the show. Damn rights we do. Okay, damn rights we do. That's what I like to hear. All right, folks, here we go. It's time for tea time. We're ready. Good morning, asshole, and welcome to tea time with producer T. All right, all right, another tea time here on the Stick Hungry podcast. This one's a banger from Tanger. Starting with the first question here for you, producer T. Chime in as always, uh, uh, Stick Hungry listeners, and Dylan and Nick. Uh, we're not live streaming this one, by the way. <laughs> on the podcast. Okay, okay. <laughs> Comment on the podcast. I totally forgot we weren't live streaming. Uh, what is the best month for a parade? Best month best for a parade? Best month for a parade. Hmm. Um... um <laughs> <laughs> August? Why? Why? Why August? Because it's sunny. Because sun's out. That sounded so not confident. That sounded, I hope you're more confident in the bar than you are with that answer. I'm probably not. What's? Uh, do we have an answer for that one? March. Because <laughs> you need to march that in a parade, sense. my man. That makes sense. That makes sense. Hit, him, hit me with the got him, please. I need to hear it. That's why we pay this guy the big bucks to be a producer. I tell you, I tell you. All right. Um, second, he has married many women without ever being married. Who is he? 
Oh, I know this oh, one. Oh, I know this one, too. Oh, I come on. Come yeah. on, T. Here's ways. your hint. It's me. I What? I don't know. I'm confused. I'm really confused. Now, it should be an easy one, though. The it, gears are turning in his head now. I see. I now, see. Especially that they know it. Oh, it came to me like almost. So I feel really. like I know it. Yeah, I, I, I feel like. Why's my I, answer be so wrong? I mean, I thought we were on the same page until you said, "Here's a hint. It's me." Um, well, yeah, but I mean, I, I have I, no I, idea. All right. right, I want you to say your hint or say your uh, your guess, Dylan. Um, what? <laughs> okay. No, no, T, you gotta give an answer okay. first. I, I yeah. honestly have no idea. I don't even have a good answer. I can't remember the name. It's it's the fucking the priest dude that's like doing the whole wedding. It's who's doing the whole wedding ceremony, and he marries oh. them, right? Preacher. What's the name? Or and there's something else. Well, I mean, the answer is a priest. Okay. Oh, that wasn't my answer. What was your answer, Nick? My answer was Santa Claus. Who the hell is Santa Claus married? Well, he has one. No, just Mary in general. Like, he brings Mary. Oh, M-E-R-R-Y. I don't think married is... Uh, you close, know. close. <laughs> okay. That's an answer. I'm Googling it. <laughs> it's funny how that popped into your head right away. And we were on so, so far different tracks. <laughs> yeah, I was like, with Nick's answer, I'm like, Santa Claus, he a pimp. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, he gets whipped and beaten without ever squealing. Producer T. And beaten. <laughs> Sorry, what gets whipped and beaten? Beaten without ever squealing. Whipped and beaten without ever squealing. Oh, eggs. Uh, or, or like, you know, if you're cooking. I tell you what, that. there's a there's a half-born bird in one of my eggs. It squealed. <laughs> it squealed, baby. It has to be eggs, right? Let's let's make the rounds. As I scroll I, for the answer. <laughs> it I mean, eggs. it's got to be eggs. Yeah, I'm, think, I'm thinking eggs is a good answer. I was already clapping. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm taking that as a win. If this is not eggs, then this. Then whoever whoever wrong. answered it's wrong. So. It's eggs. It's eggs. There we go. Light the lamp, baby. Honestly, this one was th- this list has been relatively easy as far mm-hmm. as you know some of our other. Uh, well, it took you a couple minutes to find I've, the answers. I just wanted to make three, sure. So, um, oh, okay. Well, for the last one, uh, I think we actually have Shane on the line here. Oh, we got Shane calling in, and uh, perfect time because it's tea time. It is perfect time. Shane, can we hear you? Yeah, I can hear. Shane, we're. Uh, I was just about to ask producer T the last uh, tea time question, so you can chime in in a sec here. What has a foot on the left, a foot on the right, and a foot in between? Um, a man with a cane. I don't know. <laughs> Guy with the foot long okay. dick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were all thinking wanna, it, right? You want to repeat the riddle again? Yeah. Um, what has a foot on the left, a foot on the right, and a foot in between? I keep my answer. <laughs> Yeah. Jumbo Joe. Jumbo Joe. Table or something? No. No. Not a table. Shane, what do you think? You got anything? A pimp. A pimp. (laughs) A pimp baller. Uh, A table. Yeah, a table, like legs on a table. That's all I got. A yardstick. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah. I like that. That was stupid. I don't get it. I still don't get it. What's that, Shane? I still don't get it. How does a yardstick have three feet? It has a foot it, on the left. Foot, it has a foot on the right. Yard? And has a foot in between. So that's three feet. Oh, it's three feet? I didn't know a yard was three feet. Huh. <laughs> well, the more you know. It's an educational oh, podcast. Oh, my God. Podcast. We're I'm not bad. American like you guys, though. So I, I, was that the last tea time? That was the, all, all right. Thank fuck. That was the last fuck. Shane, 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 how's it going, man? Thanks for calling in, by the way. Well, How's your day been? I'm just drinking a beer and watching the Raptors game. Chilling out. Oh boy, here we go with basketball. Here we go with basketball, <laughs> taking it over. What are you, what are you drinking? 
Um, same thing I was drinking um, when on YouTube's podcast actually. Um, it's piggy. It's called Piggy Pale Ale, and it's from Red Arrow. Red Arrow, there, local uh, local brewery here in Vancouver Island, Duncan I, BC. Duncan BC. With my friend a while back. Love it, love it. What else you got for us, Shane? Uh, what was my question? Uh, fuck, I forgot my question. You're <laughs> trying to make one up right now, folks. <laughs> On the spot. Um, oh, man. Throw T uh, just any question. It like, can't would, be related to Martin Jones, though. Absolutely. Would, oh, actually, I remember what it, what it was. Um, do you think that Sharks should just start focusing on development and, and not worry about the playoffs and just make it a development year? Uh, about six months ago, yes. Yes, I, I do agree. I think that's the point where the Sharks are now. Like Playoffs, we were talking about it, I'm going to say two and a half, three weeks ago now, where we had a slight chance. And to be honest, we were four points out of it still, and that was yeah. only for about a week and a half. And it was only slight. even though. Yeah, and then it kind of yeah. fell off. So yeah, Shane, I, I think right now the, the team's looking at development over yeah. trying to make a playoff. Play. We're a team. And I, I, know, I know Nick Foray says if you're going to lose, lose young, but yeah. Nick. I think that's what they're approaching with right now with Kozinash. He's getting the start against the Coyotes again. Um, he was the youngest Sharks player to actually get a win. That was last night. So I, I feel like, especially with Barabanov, they are working towards getting their younger guys as much ice time as possible, whether it be in the CUDA or with the Sharks. And I feel like development was the was plan number one in the beginning because they didn't make any moves in the off season to pick up any cheap additions. No cheap veteran additions were put on this team uh, if you discount Matt Nieto. So I feel like, especially with Leonard and Donato and all the younger guys like Noah Gregor that have played this year, I feel like that was kind of the move since day one, even though in the media they're going to tell you they're making a push for the playoffs. So I feel like that has always been the plan. Uh, Shane, okay. I have one last question for you. Uh, and okay. I know we've played basketball a few times here locally. I, I just wanted to know from you: is is producer T a dirty basketball player? Oh, <laughs> shots fucking! Fired. He, he pushes off with his arm, man. He pushes off, and that's a foul, correct? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so you, this, you, you, you can back someone down, but you can't. You can't like push someone over with your arm. This producer T just comes out of nowhere, busts in, smokes going takes everywhere. Run, takes a run and start with his fucking forearm up. Oh! Run right into it. Buddy, buddy, you can straight. If you play street basketball, you gotta get ready for a hey, few that's elbows. A good, that's a good rebuttal. That's a good rebuttal. Not a bad rebuttal. Let's go. You're playing street basketball. Where's the refs, boys? boys? This is getting. Hey, this whoa, is getting worse. Nick, where are the fucking refs? T, don't make me unleash the pigeon on your ass, okay? Dude, you'd be on my side. You would be on my side. No no foul. No foul. Boys, let's Buddy, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Nick's over six foot tall. You would not be on T's side because T's the only other six footer in this yeah, room. Yeah, true, true. He would be on my side. He would totally be on my side, you fucking short little fucks. Okay, so now this guy's getting real emotional here in the I'm studio. Getting, I'm getting heated with this foul talk. I'm yeah, I, I should not have brought it up. Uh, I'm, I'm having flashbacks of the old Lyndon versus Shane days, and I don't want this to be a new thing. Oh, Shane, uh, I found <laughs> Lyndon's rap battle in the CHLY archives, oh, by the way. That's a classic. That's a classic for, like, the ages. Well, well, yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. Shane, right. you got him a bunch of times. I'm, I will say, Lyndon did tune you in that, in that <laughs> disc. Like, that was a good one. You, you got him on the other ones, though, so... <laughs> it's about winning yeah. the war, not just the battles, right? Yeah, for sure. Alright, Shane, thanks for calling in, buddy. Alright, bye. Thanks, Shane. It wasn't a foul. There you go, Shane Van Nice, the <laughs> nicest of Shane's um, 
in just, a van. Just don't foul them. Yeah. <laughs> just don't foul them. Um, all right. Well, I think that was it for tea time. Yeah. Um, we do have uh, some questions from Twitter, though. Uh, Nick, do you, do you want to start off here? I think we have one from uh, our buddy Ryan McKinney. Yeah, we got a question at Ryan McKinney198. It says, if the Sharks buy out Jones this offseason, who do you feel the Sharks could bring in to make the majority of starts next year and help the young netminders in Kozhenosh and Melnichuk? Uh, my estimate, my prediction, my, I don't want to say preference, but I feel like it's a highest percentage chance. I spoke on Chris Dreiger hitting free agency in a team that's loaded uh, with goaltending prospects and veterans in uh, Florida. So I feel like that would be someone that the Sharks are going to aggressively pursue, especially because I feel like he's going to be relatively cheap. I think he's only making $850,000 for the Panthers this year. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's all he's making. He's got a 923 save percentage. So that's the type of shit we're looking for on the Sharks, a cheap veteran netminder. And I believe he's only 27 as well. So he could be a, a bridge goaltender or even a long-term answer for the Sharks if Melnichuk and Kozhenosh don't work out. And Kozhenosh did look a little shaky against the Coyotes where he, he kind of fumbled a puck that led led to a goal. So um, that's who I feel has a high percentage chance of being on this team. What, what about you guys? Uh, I saw a comment on Twitter. Someone commented on that question. I don't know who it's from, uh, but they mentioned Philip Grubauer could be an option if he hits the market. And that, you know what, if you're just going to sign a goaltender for, let's say, a, a two, three year contract, at, you know, not as much as Martin Jones, I think that Philip Grubauer could be an answer there. I, I was going to kind of go ironically, uh, Devin Dubnik. Why the hell did we get rid of him if that's kind of where we're going with it? Yeah, he had a few good games, but he was nothing special. No, I know, but why keep Jones then? You know, if, if I feel like Jones isn't even living up to that. Because you can't move him. I know, but he's not even remotely living up to that role that those two younger... That, that's ex- you but, that's, but that's exactly why you can't move yeah. him. Right? Yeah, we're assuming the buyout in this situation. Yeah, I feel it feels like, like it's going we moved to on. We moved on a goalie. Which is exactly what we're going to be looking for again in the offseason if we buy out. Martin yeah, but Jones. He, but look at it in the grand scheme of things. If your plan is to move on from both the goalies, what do you do? You trade Dubnik in the season like you did, get a get a draft pick back, and then you buy out Jones at the end of the and season. Then you bring another veteran goalie. And yeah, but got, here's Dubnik's thirty five. Yeah, I mean Dubnik, he's he's done. I mean he's just going to be a backup until he's he's at the twilight retired. of his career. Yeah. So how many years does um, Hope you have in Vancouver? Uh, one more season. That wouldn't be a there's there's a up. lot of rumors of him possibly being exposed to uh, to Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. Seattle doesn't want him. I know they don't, but like, you know, you uh, just go down the list of FAs, right? Just top five according to Cap Friendly, based on cap hit, is Rask, Anderson, uh, Pekarene, Devin Dubnik, and Auntie Ranta, right? And there's other names like Reimer, Grubauer, right? But if you change that list and you go by like save percentage, obviously you're gonna have. Wait, we we talking Tuka or Victor? Tuka. I can't believe he's even in that conversation. It's crazy. Thirty four. Yeah, but he's still a top goaltender in the league. Doesn't matter if he's thirty four. Yeah, he. Well, I'm just saying in general. Like this is sorted by cap hit. He still has a nine thirteen save percentage, and he had an injury this year. And I only know that because I have him on my fantasy team. So. Um, yeah, I mean, even I mean, could you imagine the Sharks finding a way to bring in Tuka Rask? Like he hasn't signed an extension yet. No one's going to be handing out contracts to any of these goaltenders until the first person bites. That's true. Until yep. After the expansion draft, because the second the first contract goes out, that sets the precedent for everybody else, right? 
So, I mean, look at Tyler Toffoli signed a fucking contract for $4.25 million oh, a year for Montreal. Me. So, I know I'm talking to a couple of uh, Vancouver Canucks people, but like... <laughs> well, I don't know what to you call know. you folks. <laughs> yeah, duders. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's kind of how every market is set, especially in a flat cap. So I feel like with, I mean, there's so many names on this list. Carter Hutton, Linus Olmark, Anders Nielsen, Yaroslav Halak, who I feel like Boston's got two guys over the age of 35 that they have to worry about. UC Soros, uh, Brian Elliott, Mike Smith. There's so many names out there that you're just waiting for the first team, kind of like how the Senators did with uh, Matt Murray, to kind of bite. And then you can structure deals around that first Unless it's an egregious overpay, you can structure deals around that that first deal that's handed out. But I, I still like I'm gonna hold true to it. I'm gonna die on the hill that I feel like Chris Dreiger is the best and cheapest option for the Sharks, as well as age. So there you have it. Uh, let's that's move. The right that's there. that's the answer, folks. Million dollar question. You got the next one. Let's. Uh, yeah, I got the next one. So this one is from at Kevin Wears ninety one. Oh, I was gonna say we are some. What number does he wear? Uh, yeah, he actually wears number ninety three. Surprisingly, this <laughs> uh, <laughs> question. While donning the captaincy, uh, do you think Couture has really lived up to the role of a captain? Now, this is a tough one. I think. Right now, for this team, maybe Logan Couture is not the right guy. But that's not to say that I don't think that he's an NHL captain, because I think he's a bit of a quieter guy. I think in a more established room, I think Couture can kind of do his thing, lead by example, you know, voice his opinions when he has to. But on a young team like this, on a struggling team, I don't think he's the right guy. And you got you to gotta remember this, too, is he's a fairly new captain as well. He's not the oldest guy in the room. So it is a, it is a bit tougher uh, for Logan Couture right now. No, we, we've talked about this uh, a couple of times. Or I, I remember especially talking about it. it I, I, you know, they had that team meeting, uh, you know, about three weeks ago when it was, um, you know, where we were kind of hoping for that playoff run. And, you know, they held him in the locker room and, you know, he came held out. Held him hostage. He, well, I mean, he, he made it pretty pretty clear that they they had a team meeting. And then we saw we saw the, the performance the next night. And that, to me, speaks volumes for both the coach and the captain in that they're not having... It was a negative they, reaction to, was. you know, they're, yeah. They're not holding accountability. Like, we've, we've experienced that throughout the season. And it's nothing against, like you said, it's nothing against Logan Couture. He could be a genuinely great captain, but not on a not on a team that's struggling like this. You need someone that's, like I said, that's going to hold someone accountable. That's going to call you out if you if you let that if you let the Minnesota Wild have how many goals that that were just <laughs> yeah. awful goals. You yeah. know, you need someone that's going to scream at you, and I don't see that Logan Couture is that guy. Um, and this is the aftermath of, you know, this San Jose Sharks team yeah. really flipping the page the last two years and going yeah. from the leadership positions of, you know, Joe Thor and Joe Pavelski and moving on to guys like Logan Couture. And this is the time that's the most important to have those guys like Joe Thornton and like Pavelski. I mean, I understand why they moved on. I mean, they're old. They don't want to yeah. they don't want to go through another rebuild. But those are the kind of leadership and veterans that you need for these young guys to have the experience. And Logan Sure just isn't that guy. I don't think anyone in that locker room is that guy. Actually. That's the problem. I don't think it's Burns. I don't think it's Carlson. I don't think it's anyone. I don't even think it's the coach. So that's a huge part of the offseason, I think. I think you guys are right. I mean, Kyle kind of harped on us about it, too, when we, t when we talked about this earlier in the season. He's like, you know, Who? Couture doesn't see <laughs> Kyle McLaren. I don't know if you heard oh, of him. Oh, does yeah. Does okay. a lot like of hip checks, Kyle. throws a tricep, you know, occasionally. <laughs> but he was, uh, 
he kind of harped on that as well when we talked about this earlier in the season, how he felt like, uh, like you guys said, Couture is a great player, but he doesn't feel like he's the type of captain. And I'm going to take the guy who's been in the NHL locker room over any sort of fans assessment that there is, right? Boys, I've, sorry, Nick, to interrupt. We have a caller on the line. Who is this? Well, 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 boys, it is I, Lindenwood from the hood. Linden, oh, Linden, how you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm kind of depressed right now, boys. My flames are not making the playoffs. Yeah, gotta watch the Canadians beat us. Uh, Johnny Hockey isn't looking so uh, so good right now, eh? You could say they flamed out, eh? Oh, oh, oh. Ah, I guess uh, those Minnesota Wilds, you know. Taking our spot, taking our spot in the playoffs. Gotta love him. Yeah, there you go. Uh, So, Lyndon, this is kind of like the old days because uh, Shane actually just called in. Uh, He didn't leave a diss rap, but if you want to leave a diss rap, the floor is open. Well, (laughs) I'm like Shane. I use my three wishes. I'm very superstitious. No matter where I go, I'm a bunch of horny. Ooh, I won't say the last word, because this is a family show, right? No, absolutely not. Not a family show. <laughs> I highly advise that families do not yeah, watch the show. I literally called the short fucks, like, literally 10 minutes ago. All right, so, so you finish off your rap there. Well, I don't well, The last word was bitches, by the way, but... <laughs> That's why Shane doesn't get those rap, bitches. The last word was bitches. <laughs> Linden, Linden I, haven't se- I haven't seen you in a while, man. I hope you're doing well. Where are you calling from? I am in Trail BC right now, boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh hell yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh, from Trail. I, I hate it here, boys. I want to go back. <laughs> Thanks. I hate it here. Uh, the the Trail island's Trail's where it's at. Linden Wood is from uh, from Nanaimo. Where we hail. From Huge fan of Dylan and myself's uh, former radio show. He's, he's uh, one of the best fans. That we had. Yeah. Yes, I'm still on, on the Patreon right now, guys. Still on the Patreon right now. Oh, thank you. Whoa, thank thanks. you so much. I kind of forgot about it. But <laughs> number thanks. one, we should start up. We can feed the pigeon, boys. We can feed the pigeon. We might have to give you a refund for the last six months, but thanks. It's <laughs> <laughs> so only a dollar, boys. <laughs> no worries. Uh, we, we appreciate it, Linden. We appreciate it. Every dollar counts for the Stay Hungry podcast. Hey, it was it was nice catching up with you, Linden. We'll see you when you're home. I got one, one more thing, boys. One more thing. Danny Hockey, boys. Danny Hockey. <laughs> there it is. There you Tremendous. go, folks. Lyndon Wood from the hood. Oh, that was amazing. Great to hear that from was, Lyndon again. Yeah, it was the first time in a while. Great guy. Great hockey guy. So, there you go. <laughs> Big hockey guy. Big hockey guy. Actually, I think he won a contest of ours from the stick and rink days. We gave him a that. Calgary Flames jersey. Like, that I was remember that. It's a hell of a giveaway. We got some photos and everything. Got some photos. Yeah, it was a good time. Shall we move on to the last um, oh, yeah, Twitter question have, over here? We have more here? Twitter questions. We've got one more Twitter question to Give get her. to. This one is at Conditional First. Um, he actually sent me uh, a DM on Twitter. Okay. And he's like, I asked you guys a couple weeks ago about this, and no one really responded. Oh, so I just so like to know. And I was okay. like, yo, man, that's that's my bad. We're going to put it on the show. We're, okay, so this is an important one. Then. Yeah. All right. So I think his name is Dylan, or is that just that you wanted to No, say? no, that's his name. That's his name. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Conditional first. Look at, look at all more, that prep. There's that more than one of us, folks. <laughs> All right, the question is, I'm curious what your thoughts are on LeBanc as a player, and what do you think is a fair market value for him if he was on the trade block? Uh, Nick, do you want to take this one first? Yeah, as far as uh, LeBanc goes, I 
I've kind of talked about it before. He kind of came in with 60 point in an 82 game expectations, and uh, that didn't really turn out. I was halfway expecting him to get moved at the deadline, similar to uh, like the Yanmark deal. Of course, I wouldn't put him at, like in the realm of Matisse Yanmark, but there was also another deal, I believe, involving the Capitals. Um, I'll, I'll remember it later, hopefully, and talk about it. But really, it's there, there were also like shit floated out there about him possibly being like a one for one with Jake DeBrusque, like that type of <laughs> trade. Um, but as far as LeBanc goes, is like he's he's great from an analytics perspective. He does really good work in specific areas. You know, notably on the forecheck, he's still could use a little bit of work defensively, as could every other Sharks player. But I kind of like the way that his game was trending. He was shooting the puck more than any other Sharks player, especially on that top line when Couture got injured. And then Katane, uh, uh, sorry, Katane, wow. Kane, <laughs> Kane, Kane, uh, Katane. <laughs> and uh, Kane was kind of getting surrounded and essentially like 2v1 on a lot of these uh, you know zone entries. LeBanc was taking a lot of the responsibility defensively. If Burns or Carlson would pinch down, LeBanc would cycle back and cover them effectively like he was supposed to. So I like his game in, in general. It's difficult to, to justify his cap hit when you see a player like Tyler Toffoli take essentially the same money and just produce out the ass for the Canadians. So... I would like to see him, much like I would like to see other Sharks players produce a little bit more, but um, kind of getting around a fair market value for him if he was on the trade uh, trade block, I kind of go back to those trades where you could easily get um, conditional first or seconds for him, possibly, uh, depending on who's willing to bite. And again, that's at the trade deadline compared to in the offseason. I feel like in the offseason, you're not going to get as much for him. Um, but he's a younger guy, so a team can... Put a little bit more out there, maybe a prospect and a pick. Um, I think we we spoke on it, Dylan. It was like a B level prospect and a pick for LeBanc, um, where you know you get someone that you can kind of manufacture to work into the a more opportune window in like the 2023 2024 season, uh, as opposed to right now. So that's kind of my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, for me, Kevin LeBanc, like you said, he's a good player, but I think at the end of the day, we have to be realistic. I think this guy's a 45 to 50 point guy. I think that's kind of what you can see for the next five years from Kevin LeBanc. So, you know, if a team's looking to acquire him, it's not to push them over the edge. I mean, he's not going to be the final piece in your top six. That's going to get you, you know, a few more goals at the end of the season and let give you that push into the playoffs. What he is going to do is for a team that's already in that position where they're going into the playoffs and they have a pretty good roster and things are set. You can add a guy like Kevin LeBanc, put him on your third line, because if you're making a push, you're a pretty good team. You might not have a spot for him on the second line. You put a guy like Kevin LeBanc on your third line, a 40 to 50 point guy, I think that brings a lot of value. It just has to be the right spot what, for what him. What do you get for him, though? Uh, you know, like, uh, you know, you saw the Tampa Bay Lightning give up a, a first for Goudreau, yeah. right? So, I mean, I don't think it's unrealistic to think that we could get a first uh, from Kevin LeBanc from a team that's in a position like that. So you got to understand, yep. it's also going to be a pick between 20 and 32. Yeah. Right? So I, I honestly, I agree with that for sure, the first round pick, to be honest. Go ahead, Nick. Sorry. This, this is what I wanted to bring up earlier when I said I was comparing him to an earlier trade, but I forgot who it was. It was the Anthony Mantha trade. So you're talking about a player in Anthony Mantha who's 26 years old, right? I only know that because he was born 10 days after I was. 
Um, and then Kevin LeBanc, who's 25 years old, right? Mantha takes a $5.7 million cap hit. LeBanc, I believe, right now is currently at 4.725. And if you just compare, like, in a bubble, in a vacuum, essentially, uh, their seasons just this year, uh, for the Red Wings, Mantha played 42 games, had 11 goals, 10, 10 assists, 21 points, right? Kevin LeBanc had 10 goals, 15 assists, and 25 points. He's actually got a better plus minus, hmm. uh, a minus nine as opposed to a minus nine, uh, 14. And a little, a few more penalty uh, minutes, a couple of like lazy plays that Kevin LeBanc is known for. But my whole point with that is that's the type of trade that I feel like would be the most, I don't want to say accurate, but the, the e most easily related to right now currently for the Sharks. And in that deal, the Caps had to give up panic, Jacob Vrana, a 2021 first round pick and a 2022 second round pick for Anthony Mantha. Like why he couldn't get that sort of Sorry Nick, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but it looks like we actually have a caller on the line here. You're calling into the Stick Hungry podcast. Who do we have here? Hey boys, hey boys, it's Ted from Kingston. How you doing? Uh good man. How are you doing today? Good, good, good. Just listen in real quick. Um, just, yeah, no, yeah, boys, just want to say, like, good, good fucking luck out there. It's, uh, you know, I've been listening to it for a little while. And, uh, yeah, man, I've been telling my buddies, trying to get, trying to get the word out there. I know you guys are grinding out there, boys. And I just want to say that, uh, you, you, you boys ever seen the Frontenacs play? Frontenacs? Kingston Frontenacs. Kingston Frontenacs. No, Kingston Kingston no, no I, we like the WHL out we're, west. We're dub guys over here. Oh, yeah, fair play, fair play, fair play. Well, I'll just say, if, if you ever want to see Frank Drebin take a huge shit on the ice, boys, you want to get out there. <laughs> the Frank Drebin? Okay, cut this shit guy. Hang up, ice. hang up, hang up, hang up. Frank Drebin <laughs> shit on the ice is not something that is going to be repeated on this goddamn podcast. You understand that? East West. As a San Jose Sharks fan, I have no idea what the fuck you were talking about. <laughs> uh, it's Frank Drebin. You don't have to be a, a, a fan of any specific team to yeah. know who he's talking about. Um, the movie Airplane. Frank Drebin is in that. Search Taking it up. Shit on the ice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Great call. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'll that take it. Amazing. Frank Drebin. <laughs> love it. So, some backstory for Nick quickly. <laughs> I, context I, I, actually, to the most random call I don't ever. know. I honestly don't know who that was. Uh, we had a few That's people. Even better. We had a few people when we were doing radio again um, in, in Nanaimo at CHLY 1017 who would prank us every now and then. And an ode to some old <laughs> prank caller on some of the BC radio stations. They'd go on and on about like an actual topic, much like this guy did here with the OHL, and then drop the, but what are you going to do about Frank Drebin shitting on the ice? And he would drop like... So many times, and and that was worse, obviously, because we're radio, so yeah, can't can't have can't, can't have, have that folks. language on air. But, but hey, um, again, we'll, we take all calls, take all calls. What's the phone number again? Six six nine two zero one nine five four five. Hashtag numbers guy. Holy shit! Right off, off the top. The top. Of his head. I love it. Off the top. Um, we, I just heard the thing for uh, yeah, Twitter I, I comments. Done, I should have done this one. Oh, okay, there it goes. I was a little concerned. I was like, I don't know how Shane has managed to comment on this stream when we're not even live streaming. Shane or Zach would figure it out. Well, Shane or Zach would figure it out. You're right. Or, or you know, throw throw his hat into the ring. Frank Drabin, he might figure it out too. Frank he figured Drabin. it out today. So there you go. Um, boys, do we have anything else we want to talk about here? I think we went through the questions, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Nick, do you want to finish your last couple sentences that oh, were yeah, interrupted we by all the callers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <bro>. Go ahead. <laughs> Nick, I don't know if no, you knew that what you were talking uh, about. But. 
Yeah, that was just me kind of analyzing where I feel like Kevin LeBanc's trade value is. So I just wanted to kind of summarize the trade between the Red Wings and the Caps at the deadline. So, um, you know, they got Panic Vrana, a 2021 first-round pick, and a 2022 second-round pick for Anthony Mantha. So you're looking at a, a different type of player, obviously. They're very different. Kevin's a lot smaller. Mantha's six foot five. Um, play different types of games, obviously. But that's something that I feel like you can use as a basis to kind of feel like, okay, this is where his value could be around. Maybe not two players like Panic and Vrana. Maybe one player in the first and the second, you know, or both players and just the first. I feel like you're not going to get as much for him, but that's a good baseline to kind of gauge where his trade value is. Yeah, I mean, I think if you can get a body back, you know, a guy that you can plug into the lineup, not going to be anything special, and a first-round pick, I think that's a win. I think some breaking news. Breaking news. So what do we got Um, here? Nothing solid, but apparently Patrick Watt getting getting very close to a return to the National Hockey League. Hmm, Patrick Waugh. Uh, guess who's back, folks? Uh, Patrick Waugh, apparently. I don't know where he's going to go, to be honest. Our friends at the Quack Report are pushing for him to come to Anaheim. Dude, oh, I wouldn't push. The Sharks could definitely use a good veteran. Oh, here we go, Dylan. Here we I'm go. sorry because I know we're going to end the show soon, but yeah, sound but off. I, I, I know you love well, yourself some Patrick Wall. No, I'm not a big Patrick Wall fan. I'm just not. I don't think he's a good coach. You see, everywhere he's gone to coach, he just ends up fucking ripping the glass out of the boards, <laughs> screaming game. at people, and trying to get in fights with other coaches. And, like, I, I just think the guy's crazy. Great goalie, but, again, he's a goaltender. He's a goalie for a reason. He's a crazy fuck. So do you want this guy behind your bench? No, I think I the do word not. you're looking for is sociopath. No, that was not the word I was looking for. <laughs> I, I, I knew the words I was looking for there. This guy, you know, he can run a QMJHL team, you know, as a, a French, you know, through and through run QMJHL team. That's how you know this guy's crazy, man. You don't yeah. want to bring him back to the NHL. Why, just why? That, that's my question is why? Why would you bring him back to anywhere? For, 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 chaos. for chaos. What did I say last week? I'm here for the chaos. Yeah, just keep, I want the just fucking chaos. You know, you gotta yeah. keep the beers flowing for Nick. So. Gotta keep the beers flowing for Nick. Uh, <laughs> producer Pigeon, I hope uh, everybody could hear you there because your mic was muted, by the way. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Nick. It just sounds like you're screaming from the other room, like you just saw this breaking news on TV. You're like, hey, that's- breaking news. Actually, you know what? That reminds me. One of the sound <laughs> clips we do need to get for our soundboard is the breaking news sound clip. I was thinking uh, so that. We'll, we'll, that yeah, well, kind of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Close enough, boys. Close breaking enough. news. Yeah. <laughs> Great job there. Um, all right. Well, I mean, now. What, what a way to end the show. What a way to end the yeah. show. Now I think we're done <laughs> with our Twitter questions. We're done with your sound effects because I am just, I'm not having any more of that. We're that done. Wasn't e- that wasn't even breaking news. That was Michigan. Impossible. Yeah, right. Right. Doing the oh my sweet Jesus! Um, you know, we really had it all this episode, folks. We had uh, Frank Drebin call in. Um, we had Lyndon Wood call in. He's Shane actually nice he's texting me. He's like, "I had some uh, segment ideas for your show, boys. Can't wait to come and talk some hockey with you." Who's that, Lyndon? Yeah, no, Lyndon Wood. Yeah, and then we of course had Shane Van Ice. We talked some San Jose Sharks. Had a tea time as well, and then Twitter questions. Some homemade noises. So too. we weren't bullshitting at the start of the episode when we said this would be a jam-packed episode. Yeah, roller coaster. Roller coaster. There you go. Um, last shout out to Twitter handles. Let's do it. Let's do it. You can follow myself at DYL underscore THPN. You can follow the show at Stick Hungry Pod. And you can follow the network at HockeyPodNet. Producer T. You can follow myself at Producer underscore T-E-E. And Nick. 
You can find me at Nick Floor underscore. And Mr. Producer, whoever you are. Producer underscore Pigeon. And then uh, I heard Isha screaming uh, from the other room earlier. Can you get his Twitter handle too? At VI Sports Talk. At VI Sports Talk. There you go. About our professional photographer, uh, Leonard Schnofsky. Leonard Schnofsky. I didn't hear you. You weren't talking in the mic there. Leonard Schnofsky. There you go. Our in house uh, photographer here. Yeah, you should have been seen. I don't know if you saw the flashes uh, mid uh, mid podcast here. I was snapping a few pics of the boys. Uh, Saw and heard. Should we give the background for the Leonard Schnofsky name? I think we probably Mine as well. Yeah, quick background. We'll make it. We'll make it quick. So, anyways, Isha gets this camera from his sister, I believe. Yeah, it's like nice, a, it's nice like a camera. Free, like three, four hundred dollar camera. Yeah, yeah a sister named Leonard. Uh, <laughs> let's hope not. Um, so, anyways, gets this gets this camera, and we're you know hanging out downtown, yeah. and this guy dressed like the ultimate Vancouver mm-hmm. Island hipster. You know, the blunt sun, stones in Columbia. The blunt stones. The sun's out, but he's still got a toucan, yeah. and he is rolling around with that camera, and he's looking like a full-on tourist. Taking pi- take pictures shit of you not. seagulls. Taking pictures all day. Um, <laughs> then we finally get to this one cool spot. It's like a train trestle that goes over a lake. Yep. So we uh, we're done doing whatever we're doing. We're leaving. We're walking away, and we realize that where where's the photographer? No, he's out on the trestle, like kneeling down, like laying down, getting like angle shots. And I'm like, you know what? This guy, he looks like a real. We need to find a real like photographer kind of name for him. And I just it just came to my head, Leonard Schnofsky. We couldn't think of an actual famous photographer. Yeah, it took us about ten minutes. So Leonard Schnofsky. Literally, he was texting me yesterday. He's like, "Where are those shots, Schnofsky?" Yeah. So Nick, uh, an outsider to this conversation, Leonard Schnofsky. Does that not sound like a photographer? Like you could see he got that guy's name in an issue of National Geographic. He's got a scarf on. Yes, hundred percent. He's got, he's he's got black frame glasses. Yes, round it's of okay. course. For some reason, he's wearing skin tight brown <laughs> jeans, and he's he's got the salt and pepper Spare hair shoes. going. Salt and yes. pepper hair. Yeah, he's twenty seven with salt and pepper hair. <laughs> yes, <laughs> dude, people do that on purpose he, he here owns in Vancouver a Island. Vintage looking bicycle. Drives a VW Bug. <laughs> and. uh Still lives with his mom. He and he enjoys kale. Uh, that's all you need to know about gotcha, Leonard Schnofsky. Uh, that's all you need to know about this episode of the what Stick Hungry Podcast. Yeah. What a way to end it. All right, folks. We will see you on Sunday. Yeah.